Welcome to the Unified Podcast, where we talk about God, Christian culture, and life in an attempt to bring unity and maturity to the body of Christ, demystify the supernatural, and find God in the ordinary. And we are your hosts. I'm Justin Heckel, and here's Caleb Carpenter. How are you doing, Caleb? I'm doing great. How are you, Justin? I'm doing great. We, uh, we just got done wrapping up with our kind of a foundational series basically saying what are some foundations that we all should just agree on in Christ and and a lot of what we came into this podcast wanting to discuss was how there are just so many things that divide the body of Christ because of the way that we talk about them and um the fact that you know there are just multiple kinds of teachings and and all this different stuff but but we wanted to bring in first you know, what actually unites us and, and what we find even with the what we find even with the um, the foundational teachings is that there's plenty of room for um, difference in it. And and there are some ways that even people bring. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Confusion into it. Um, if, if they aren't looking at it from a from a Christ centered perspective, we did all that. We we had this unifying start to our conversations on purpose because we knew that some of the conversations we had would be much more clear because because the the whole purpose of us talking about the foundational stuff was so that we know like we have established who we are in christ right so so let's look through the lens of this is who i am in christ so that we talk about everything else right but the the problem is is that if the the foundational truths ha- have their differences, mm-hmm. how much greater does the difference span once you jump into all the other teachings and the other things that we involve in Christian culture and things like that? And so and so you're right. It it really is uh, the reason why we did those was so that we could bring clarity to some of these things that are even that have even greater difference to them. Um, but today we wanted to kind of go over something that we've, we've kind of been talking a little bit here and there throughout the weeks. How little do I need to do? And you can kind of fill in the blank there. And I feel like one of the obvious ones that happens in Christianity is how little do I need to do to be a Christian or how little do I need to do to go to heaven and, you know, kind of one of the jokes there uh, that we've always had is, is as worship leaders, especially, we need to start changing the songs that we sing to reflect the real heart that we have, like changing I Surrender All to I Surrender Some. But um, lately, I feel like there's a desire, um, and it's probably because of how crazy our world is getting and stuff lately, but I feel like there's this desire to seem radical while at the same time not really wanting to go out and be radical or, you know, or not really wanting to go put yourself into risky situations yet say, look at how wild I am. Like, how safe can I be and still seem wild? Um, and, and a lot of that is even choosing. Is it, what it really comes down to for me is it's choosing things other than the gospel to be radical about and then trying to put a gospel spin on it. Mm-hmm. And so one of those things on the one side, you've got like the whole um, social justice warrior side of things 
that, you know, wants to take on these different areas of the political realm and instead of actually going to do something about it and coming up with a real solution, they just want to put up a phrase on Facebook or a video on Facebook that they found of someone else doing something or whatever. And they hope that when they put that up, somehow that says, well, I'm a good person because look how much I care. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I would know you cared if you actually went and did something. So that's the one side of it. Like I said, it's, it's trying to put this gospel spin on. Right. And I've actually been encountering that side and I've actually been encountering the other side. And I just want to kind of mention it real quick because I know there's probably some people uh, that I know that are listening, going to be listening to this. And the other side is we want to be doing something, but even don't even know how to start. Totally. And, and I'm seeing this, especially with people that go to other churches and their churches are literally doing nothing except what you're talking about. Um, you know, what can I do to stay afloat? What can I do to keep appearing that I'm doing something without actually doing something? Right. Um, and so a lot of people are coming out wanting to do something. Yeah, absolutely. And it's good. Like I said, if, if you're working towards an action, I just feel mm-hmm. social media, you know, for, for my wife and I, you, you take the whole, all the racial tension stuff. And mm-hmm. in our town, it was very, and I'm sure it was this way in a lot of places, but right off the bat, a lot of people just wanted to run out and start doing, you know, obviously doing the marches and, and mm-hmm. doing things like that. But we were approached by different people wanting to go out and do different ministry things. Now, first off, I'm a white dude. So I'm sitting there going, I'm not going to go out and try to make this about me. And I want to be very careful about not making it about right. me. Ellie and I actually do a lot of work um, down down in, in some of the neighborhoods that would be considered, you know, more of the, the black neighborhoods and stuff. And so, um, so we actually hang out down there. We know the ministers very well. And so really we took the approach of, we're actually going to look like we're staying out of this. Mm-hmm. Well, meanwhile, we're going to go have conversations one-on-one and prayer times one-on-one with our friends that are actually down in that community. And especially we found that some of the guys who have put in work there for like 20 years, you know, doing youth programs and, and different things like that finding out how much they were sitting there going, I'm being really careful because I could undo 20 years of work in an instant. If I just want to be radical, if Mm -hmm. I just want to appear radical, they're like, you know, we, we rely on so much help from the richer parts of the, of town from money to volunteers to all this stuff. And all over the years, that has helped a lot of the kids down in our neighborhood get out of poverty, live lives of meaning and things like that. And if all I want to do is seem radical, if things get out of hand, if violent, if things get more violent, all these, and people don't want to come down here anymore. What happens to these kids? Do they just go back to not having this? You know what I mean? It could unravel everything. And so what I really found was, the, the people whose voice I wanted to hear 
was the people who have had decades of investment into the community and have something that they could lose that isn't of their own personal gain, but something they could lose that's of gain to the community. But the deal was, was because we said we were staying, when people would ask us, we'd say, well, we're kind of staying out of it and just having personal conversations. Some people looked at us and, and said, well, you're just not doing anything. And I'm just sitting there going, wow, that's so like the enemy to just taunt you into trying to be something. Right. You know, it's, it's like Adam and Eve, like, well, of course he would say not to eat that fruit. He knows if you eat that fruit, you'll become just like him, you know, like, right. and it's like, it's like, yeah, okay, I get it. You're trying to taunt me into coming out of what I know God has told me to do. And, and the interesting part was that as things have gotten better in our city and they're having more like really unity gatherings and things like that. We we've actually gotten to take meaningful part in some of those. And I don't think it would have happened as much if we would have just wanted to run out and be and seem radical. Right. Um, so it's, it's really interesting because there's just social media we think is this great platform to like, just tell everybody everything and whatever. And it's like, it's a great platform if you use it right. It's a great platform if you use it right, but also that just because people don't put something up on Facebook doesn't mean that they aren't doing something. Okay. And so that, but it, it really all comes down to, are you just wanting to seem radical or are you wanting to be radical? And, and what you're wanting to be radical about, is it really the gospel that you're wanting to be radical about? Or is it something that is just kind of your own thing and you want to put a gospel spin on it. Right. And, and biblically we could see that in Luke 18, when the rich young ruler approached Jesus and told Jesus, I've done this since I was a child. I've, I've prayed, I've fasted, I've observed all the commandments and done this and that. I didn't steal. And, and Jesus turned around to him, go sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And that's really, that's kind of like, exemplified what we're seeing today is really distinguishing who we are um are we those people that have observed everything but really do little yeah come or on are we really willing to actually surrender our all are we actually willing to surrender to what jesus is calling us to do and follow him right well and that's even that's even where it comes down to the mm -hmm. whole um the the parable of the good samaritan you know, the, the reason right. why the guy asked it was because he was a, he was a, a teacher of the law, but he was the, the mode of teaching the law was that I want to teach it in such a way that I look like I'm really good and that I look like I'm following the law. But I also want to do it in a way that holds me under no obligation to actually act. And that's why he said, well, yeah, but who is my neighbor? Because he wanted to mm -hmm. know where are the loopholes I have so that I could say I'm loving my neighbor without actually having to do anything to love my neighbor. Right. And I would imagine in today's day and age, he probably would look at that person and be like, Hmm, I'm going to go back home to my prayer closet and I'm going to pray that the Lord will send somebody to help that person out. <laughs> well, and that's what I was going to get into too, is that, that, right. that with that whole Luke 18, 
that the opposite side of like the social justice warrior side of stuff is is exactly what you pointed out there it's the whole i'm gonna go pray i'm gonna go fast i'm gonna go do all these really religious things and try to look radical i'm gonna hide away in my own little prayer closet and say how radical i am and and it's because we have some awesome stories of you know, people who have been intercessors that what we typically talk about is how many hours in prayer they did. Mm-hmm. Now, that the hours in prayer sets your mind, sets your heart. It preps the spiritual realm. But the deal is, is that in order to bring it to pass in the natural realm, in the physical realm, we are the only ones that have the ability to take things from the spiritual realm and move them into the physical realm. Mm-hmm. We're the only beings who are allowed to do that. Angels aren't allowed to do that. In the Old Testament, God would do a ton of stuff for them. But in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, Christ in me is the hope of glory. And so it becomes a, either you carry it out or it's not going to happen. Yeah. You can pray all you want, but some human being has to bring some things to happen to pass. You know what I'm right. saying? There has to be an acting because the heavens, according to the Psalms, the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given into the hands of men. And so, right. Well, to touch on that for a second, you know, if Moses didn't raise his staff to part the sea, it wouldn't have parted. Come on. If he didn't hit the rock, water wouldn't have come for it. And when he hit the rock when he wasn't supposed to, water still came from it. But he wasn't supposed to. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. There, There's a lot that happens, but it, it really is, you know, people a lot of the times will go, I was praying for revival. I was praying for revival. I was praying for revival. So as much as you were praying for revival, how come that guy just walked in and it happened? Right. And I go, you can pray for revival till your socks fall off. But the deal is, is that it doesn't say praying for revival will bring revival it says how will they hear if you don't go and jesus said go make disciples there's there's a deal that it's like again prayer has this very important place fasting has to me has a very important place but i think we use it as a way to seem radical without actually having to go do anything and put ourselves at risk right and um, I think one of the best ways we, you know, we already pointed it out with the, the rich young ruler, but it's, it's looking at the followers of Christ and the disciples of Christ and how they followed Jesus. Well, you, there's no way you could keep saying you were a follower of Jesus if you didn't follow him and you couldn't say you were a disciple if you weren't following him and going and the deal is with that rich young ruler, when when it was called out that, hey, man, you need to go get rid of, mm-hmm. of your possessions. You need to sell them and give to the poor. You know, it's like he gave him a directive of like, I get it. You've, quote unquote, followed all the commandments. Like, I don't do this and I don't do that. And I honor my father and mother. And I, you know, all this stuff, which a lot of that stuff was kind of like, you should be doing that anyway, man. Like you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. But if you want to follow me, then you've got to have a heart of abundance. You know what I mean? Go sell it, give it to the poor. How is that? Right. How and, is- and let's let's take it there for a second. Uh, I've actually, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and uh, especially with this parable of the rich young man. And let's take it from the physical into the kingdom 
mindset because because yeah you could sit there and think well you know if this man gave his money and fed all the poor you know his money would be gone right but he'd be following jesus right later in this chapter though jesus actually turns right he doesn't tell this to the rich young ruler because his mind was on himself and you know if he couldn't give up his money how could he ever follow jesus and ultimately how could he actually be willing to give up his life um right. because honestly the track record for surviving disciples was not very high <laughs> it was one and he was still boiled in oil so later on in this chapter though, he turns around to his disciples and says anyone who gives his house or has gives up everything for his wife or for his brothers or parents or children or for the sake you know for the sake of the kingdom of god it'll be repaid many times over in his life. And he, he will also have, you know, rich rewards and eternal life in the world to come. And so let's take it out of what we see into what he has for us, okay? Most people aren't willing to change the status quo in life because we're scared to actually move forward in something. But this is where we need to be willing to surrender. Should I, should I be willing to actually like not look like I'm doing something like say say like what you were talking about earlier where you know if you went out and just did something that maybe got you fame for a moment or in the in the social justice movement stuff maybe got you attention for a bit uh if you did that what actual reward would you have reaped uh you might have actually gotten a few more followers on Facebook you might have actually looked good for a minute but you might have actually lost a kingdom right. reward you might have actually lost some of those people that uh, you've been working with and you may have just looked like you were just pandering or looking to get something. And, and unfortunately, we see that a lot right now. Right. Is, you know, it, it's okay just to say something. You know, it's okay just to say, oh, I've, I've observed all the commandments. But without actually giving up, how can we actually move forward? Yeah, Totally. Yeah, if we're always holding on to everything that we come across in life, how are we ever going to actually move forward? It's it's also like, you know, how how is he going to keep following Jesus? How how is how is he supposed to keep now that that directive has been given to him of like actually go do something? You know what I mean? Because nothing else required him to like be selfless in order right. to to follow those commands. So this is saying be selfless, give it all up right. and give it to somebody else. And the deal is, is that, so now he got given a directive, but then everybody would have known you didn't go do that. And at the same time, he was going to keep walking around with a bunch of people saying, we've given up everything to follow you. Right. And it's like, it would dig and dig and dig at you. And here's my thing is that if you're, if you're someone who wants to talk about being radical and stuff, you need to know this, that people who are being radical are going to know the difference. People mm -hmm. who are giving something up know the difference. It's kind of like back when I used to train and, and I did some fighting and whatever, we knew guys who didn't really ever take fights. And we knew guys who said that they trained, but they really didn't train. You knew the difference. And when you'd sit there and you'd talk, a lot of times they'd want to jump in with cool stories or something or cool, like, little things that they watched on a video. Like, I know this technique. I know that technique. Whatever. Mm -hmm. And But you knew that they were jumping in to give those things as a cover-up for I don't actually go do it. Right. And And so 
that's kind of the thing with the rich young ruler is from that point on, he had to walk away sad because there's no way for me to stay here. If I'm not going to go get rid of my stuff, there is no way for me to stay here and not feel like, man, I'm not keeping up with all the crowd. You know, like his, right. his question of what must I do to be perfect? It's like, you will never even come close to looking that way. If you constantly hear everybody else saying how much more they've given up than you, the people who are doing something know the difference. I want to kind of touch just for a second on that whole quote unquote being radical, because I, I know that there are going to be some people who go, why do I have to be radical for Christ? And I'm just going to say this being radical for Christ, really being radical has nothing to do with trying to make a name for yourself and has nothing to do with, um, with getting a big ministry or a platform or anything Mm -hmm. being radical for Christ simply means exactly what Christ set out to do by going to the cross and through the resurrection being radical simply means, man, I am, my old self died. My new self lives. My new self lives to actually serve and steward the community I'm in. Mm. And so, um, and to review how sad it is that we call that radical. That when it should be something that's normal. It should be normal. It should seem radical to the world. It should be normal to us, though. It should be like, of course, when we know that we can talk to God all the time and that he speaks to us. I I literally had a, a job interview one time with a Christian lady. Apparently, the words I was saying during the interview, she's like, you were repeating some things that word for word were spoken in this office today. I said, I... I didn't have a clue that I was like, I wasn't trying to be prophetic or whatever. She started crying. Cause like the way that they happened, it was, I guess it was a very dramatic thing in the office earlier that day. And I said, you know, she was shocked. She was like, you act like it's so normal. And I said, well, I don't think if God went through the problem, all the problem of creating the world for you, and making sure that you showed up at the right time in history and all that kind of stuff. I don't think it's that big of an issue for him to set up a conversation that you need to hear for the day. Mm -hmm. And so the things that are of the kingdom, if we're walking in the kingdom, those things should just all seem normal. It shouldn't be like, I need to work anything up. It should be, I walk in this all the time. This is what it is. This is walking in the kingdom. It's who I am. Yeah. It's who I am. Yeah, man. Come on. (laughs) You can't get two worship leaders together and not start breaking into song. You and I have been talking about this a bunch. Mm -hmm. The big thing, the big question is this, and this is what I would say is the difference between are you being radical or not? Like when you say I'm praying, I'm fasting, I'm going out and I'm really, I'm being active in my community, whatever. Mm -hmm. My question is this, what are you manifesting? And we, we've talked about this. The question is, are you manifesting the things of the, of the kingdom? Because that manifestation is really what it's all about. If you're not producing fruit, what are you doing? You know what I right. mean? Because it says that he has appointed us to bear fruit, bear much fruit, and bear fruit that remain. If we're not producing fruit, and it's, then, then the question is, is, what are we actually doing? Mm, that's so good. Um, Romans fourteen seventeen says, for the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians four twenty, for God, is, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. It actually brings something to, into being. 
Um, Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And Romans 8, 19 says, all of creation groans and waits for the children of God to be revealed. And how are, how are you going to be revealed if you don't actually go do something? If you don't actually, because it's a peacemaker. Right. So how are you going to be revealed if you never go make peace? It doesn't mean being a peacekeeper. It means going and creating peace where there is no peace. Bringing light where there's only darkness. You know, it's not being someone who goes, I just made sure no one fought. That's not what it is. You've got to manifest something. And even further than that, Psalm 2.8, where it says, ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth, your possession. Deuteronomy 7.22, the Israelites were supposed to take the land as their possession but they had to take it piece by piece. Otherwise the wild animals would devour it. Right. And so the whole point of it is you have to take it according to how much you can steward. You need to take it piece by piece so that the little animals don't get in and devour it. Well, when we're going to sit and ask, I've seen so many people in prayer meetings and this is probably going to be the hot button a little bit, but the hot button to some of this is we'll sit in prayer meetings and all that. And we'll go, God, give us our town, give us our city, give us this country, give us that country, whatever, as our inheritance. But the question is, is what are you doing to steward that inheritance? Because he's not going to give you what you won't steward. And so the question is, is what are you doing to steward it and to serve as your inheritance? And, and I equate that, and this might also get you a little bit too, is, is, how many times we go, well, if we could just get this Christian celebrity to come in, they, if they just came and did a meeting here, things would blow up. Now, Ellie and I do itinerant ministry. I have nothing against itinerant ministry. But when we hang our hat on, our region would change if I brought so-and-so in. If I brought this big worship leader to do a concert. Those, why am I trying to hand off my duties of serving my city to somebody else? Mm-hmm. and give my inheritance away for a bowl of stew, you know, is basically my thoughts. But so it's like, what are you actually doing? So sorry, I've gone off on my rant. I know you, <laughs> that's, re- that's actually really good. I but, was expecting you, know, you giving up our in. inheritance for stew. Uh, no, I've, I've been waiting for you to get it there, actually. Really? So I actually, I looked up um, something to kind of go along with that is really intercession. And uh, God's really been putting on my heart this week, and I've been thinking about it a lot. And the actual definition to intercede means to act. Come on, man. Uh, in behalf of somebody. Um, it doesn't mean, you know, to sit around and pray. And I really want to talk a little bit about maybe about what a prayer house is, because it's something that's on my heart, too, and we need more of them. Yeah, come on. Um, but a lot of people, and, and, and this is the same for just the... The organized church as well is we tend to use our organizations as a, a fallback or as a hide behind yeah. um, to make it seem like we're doing more than what we're really doing. And it does not make the organization bad. Let's just be aware that that can we can fall into that if we're not careful. So so from a prayer house point of view, a lot of the language used is that we're intercessors. We're there to intercede on behalf of God and mankind to bridge a gap. Um, but if, if the meaning of intercede is to act, then that means we need to actually go out 
yeah, and literally, on. it literally is bringing the kingdom of God with us to uh, what we're interceding on. And it doesn't mean we just sit there and pray about literally everything going on. Um, some of us may intercede on behalf of Christian business owners in our city. Um, so we act on behalf of God. We, we, we pray protection around them, prosper, prosperity on them uh, and whatnot. And, and also it could be involving events, churches, whatnot. But I, f- I find the biggest issue that we can do in the body of Christ, and this, is, this takes it back to the title of this, is how little I need to do, is, um, is that I'm just going to pray. And we need to pray. Because we need to ask God what he wants us to do. We need to have a strategy of how to do it. We do need to scout the land, see what strongholds are in the land, but for what purpose? And that's to claim our inheritance. Um, You know, for me, I live in the city of Salisbury. So this is something I have not done a lot and I'm actually starting to do and wanting to work with other people in doing is actually strategizing and scouting the land of God. Where do you want us to actually make the biggest effect in this city? Come on. Because we do, we need to be, we need to be able to steward our city. We need to find out what the need is. We need to meet it. Yes. You know, it, it, otherwise we are being just that the Pharisee walking by the uh, Samaritan on the side of the road and being like, Oh, I'm going to pray that, you know, someone else will do it. Um, never, never did Jesus come to intercede on our behalf and say, oh, I'm just going to let someone else do it. Right. Uh, if, if David didn't intercede on behalf of Israel and go and slay Goliath, then they would have still been oppressed. Right. Uh, if Moses didn't intercede on behalf of Israel and Christ, they would have never left Egypt. So, you know, you see what I'm saying? You know, we oh, have totally. to act. Totally. You know, it, Jesus, didn't stay yeah. in, Jesus didn't stay in heaven. And, and when he saw the demon, uh, you know, the demon possessed man, he didn't say, let me go to my prayer closet and intercede for this person. Right. The the smallest part of Christianity is prayer. Now, I'm I'm talking about the formal prayer where we literally sit there and pray to God. And, and like, I'm not downplaying prayer. Right. Like it. And and there's that pray without ceasing. It, it, well, prayer without ceasing is huge. Like, like, Mm -hmm. uh, for those of you who haven't heard of brother Lawrence, um, brother Lawrence, um, practicing the presence of God is an awesome book. Go read it. It's, um, he, he's, uh, he was a monk that basically people would travel from all over the world to watch the guy bake bread or garden, do the simplest tasks because he did them from a place of prayer. And so it's all about making every act that you do throughout the day, Mm -hmm. um, be in prayer with the remembrance that I'm right in front of the throne all of the time. And, and uh, so everything I do, I'm doing unto the Lord. And, um, but, but there's that place. And there's, there's also the place that Jesus, it says that Jesus often snuck away in order to pray. Right. But, then it says, but when the crowds pressed in around him, he would go do the ministry. Right. And so it's like a lot of times early in the morning, it especially mentions it, that early in the morning he would sneak away to pray and and just spend time with the Father. Now, my belief on this is that a lot of it was was a a continually flooding of his mind and heart because he was a human being at this Mm -hmm. point. Right. 
So he's fully God, fully man, but he's subject to all the same stuff that we are. And so he's, he's sitting there flooding his mind and his heart with the things of heaven and with the father's love and with his identity and with, you know, and he's just flooding himself with these things so that it, as he goes about his day, if something comes up, he immediately knows how to respond like the father would. Huh. So it's like, I meet a demon possessed person. Okay, well, the father would cast that thing out in a heartbeat. So I'm going to cast it out. Well, that person right. needs healing. Okay, well, the father would heal it. He healed them. So I'm going to heal them. You know, and so it's just like immediately he can respond like that. The other thing that I think he was doing a lot was saying, okay, father, what things am I going to encounter today? Or what are the things that you want me to specifically focus on going and doing today so that he would be heading in the right place at the right time? Kind of like how with Lazarus, you know, he didn't just go to Lazarus when they said, come, he waited three days. And who knows <laughs> if he wouldn't have waited those three days, who knows if someone was waiting along the, the road to, to, you know, to murder him or something like that. But he did what he only did what he saw the father doing and he was always led by the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. And so, so there, but so there's a place like how you're, how we're saying there is a place for that setting aside of prayer and you definitely should always pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. But that setting aside of time for prayer, I think we abuse it in the, for the sake of looking spiritual. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the Pharisees prayed, right? Mm -hmm. And he says they prayed long, drawn-out prayers. So, like you're saying, actually go harvest. Mm -hmm. Well, there are places in the Bible that it says to pray for this and pray for that. And there are other places where it says to actually act. Mm -hmm. Right? And so, we can sit there and say, oh, well, you know, like we said before, revival, revival, revival. But it says, how will they actually hear if you don't go? Mm-hmm. So you can't just sit there and say, well, I'm going to pray for revival and never go act. You have to act. Jesus had to go to the cross. He said, he asked, is there another way? You know, Hey, mm -hmm. could I just sit here and keep praying for them all God? And would you bring it? Right. <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know what? No, like the only way that it's really going to happen is by you going to the cross. That's good. Yeah. We can, we can, uh, uh, talk ourselves into a lot of stuff when we, focus on the spiritual when we do pray and fast and do the spiritual principles that Paul says, Hey, look, there's a lot of good stuff that comes from this, but it doesn't actually mean anything about your spiritual life. Mm -hmm. So I, I think we often, like we've said, we hide behind, I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to be at church a ton. I'm going to, even go help the needy. I'm going to whatever. I'm going to do all these things. But it's like, but is it actually working to accomplish the goals that you're looking for? You know, mm -hmm. the things that you feel on your heart. Is it actually working towards those things? And, and is it actually bearing fruit? Well, you got any closing thoughts for us, Caleb? I don't know, man. I guess, I guess all we need to do is just kind of sum it up. And, you know, so let's... uh Let's not fall back on things that make us look good or exalt ourselves, but let's let's humble ourselves and move forward and into the things that God wants us to do and move forward the kingdom of God uh, in our towns and in our cities around us. Definitely. Well, and it's and so much of it is as children of God, we are supposed to be producing fruit. 
Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be manifesting something that actually lasts and sticks around. And so it's like, let's not, let's not give up on things that are good for us, like prayer and fasting. Let's not give mm-hmm. up on those things. But at the same time, and, and on the opposite end, let's not give up on going out and being active mm-hmm. about things either. But let's have a right view of, am I actually working to accomplish the things of God? Or am I kind of fooling myself because I just want to know how little do I need to do and still feel like I look mm-hmm. like a good person? And so let's, let's keep that in mind. Of, am I actually producing mm-hmm. acts that are consistent with, with the righteousness of Christ? That's so good. Well, pray, pray for us real quick, here, uh, Caleb, as well. Well, God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your presence, for your glory. We thank you that you have provided such a way for us to to produce fruit and to manifest your presence and glory around us. God, I just ask that this week as we go about our lives that you would just empower us to affect the world around us, that you would give us a strategy and a plan. Lord, I just ask that you would give us or let us see the opportunities around us. Reveal the people that you want us to speak life into and that you would give us boldness to walk it out because we are bold before your throne. And God, I just ask that as we move forward, that these these little things are not the end, that they're the beginning. They're just a propellant for the fire and not the fire itself. But God, allow us to bring the fire into the people around us. And we thank you for who you are and everything you're doing in your name. Amen. Yes, Jesus. Well, until next time, let's get unified.